Hi, this is Susan Nethercote and welcome to episode two of the Studio Insider Art Podcast. Today I talk a bit about the evolution of my creative journey, about maintaining creative momentum as an artist and developing a consistent practice. I hope you enjoy the episode. In these episodes, I'll bring you deep inside my art studio practice and how I run my business as a professional artist. I'll be sharing loads of useful information about my tools, my materials, and of course, my mindset. But most of all, this podcast is about the ups and downs in this rather crazy life as a professional artist. So welcome inside my studio. I hope my journey can help you feel a bit more at home in your own. In this first season of the podcast, I'll be coaching my good friend and studio assistant, Laura Day, through the process of preparing for her first solo exhibition. We talk about everything from how to finish paintings and a cohesive body of work, to finding your own style, to wrestling with all those big emotions that come along with putting your work out into the world. There is something here in this first season for every emerging artist. Welcome back to the podcast. I'm thrilled to be back and it was lovely hearing all of your feedback on our very first episode last week. So thank you very much for returning. I'd like to also welcome back my studio assistant, Laura Day, to the podcast. How are you, Laura? I'm good. How are you, Susan? I'm good, thank you. And just to fill you in in case you didn't catch last week's episode, Laura is joining me on the podcast for season one. And we are taking the opportunity for her to ask me any questions she has in any way that I can be helpful to her in the lead up to her first exhibition, which she's having in a couple of months. So what did you, what questions do you have for me today, Laura? Well, it's a two part question. I think it would be helpful for the listeners to learn about how you started your painting journey. I've heard a little bit of it, but I'd like to hear a little bit more because I'm sure I'll learn something new in our conversation today. And then something that I often get stuck with uh, is about keeping your momentum going. So, you know, we start on this painting journey, we do a workshop, we buy our beautiful art supplies, we get really inspired, but then it's figuring out how to fit it in our life and how to keep those ideas fresh and that enthusiasm going and all of that. So those are the two questions today. Oh, lovely. Okay. Do you want to start with how it all started with you? How it with all you? started with me. Well, yeah. you know, like everyone, it's a, it's a start that took place for over several decades <laughs> As a kid, I was really creative and I loved creating things, but I wasn't one of those kids that decided that they wanted to be an artist when they grew up. I, I, I don't, I think there was one stage I wanted to be a gymnast, all kinds of random stuff. 
But I do remember when I was 15, I read a book at school called My Name is Ashalev, and it was about a, an American Jewish artist growing up in Brooklyn in the US in the 1950s. And it's this story, it's fictitious, but it felt so real to me, this story of this boy growing up and becoming, he was like this child prodigy artist. And I was just transfixed. And I learned about this artist that lived in our town her name was Ellen Michelle, I believe she's still alive. I really should make contact with her again, who was a painter and she was this delightful lady. She was so effervescent. And she took these private painting classes in her studio at her home and I begged and begged my parents to let me go and do classes with her. And to my surprise, they actually let me, which I have to really give them credit for because this was this was back when, you know, they didn't have a lot of money. I was the final child of four children. So it was for them to fork out for art, for oil painting supplies was actually a pretty big deal. But um, so I am forever grateful to them for allowing me to do that. And so I learned painting with Ellen. I learned oil painting in the tradition of tonal realism, which is a school of art here in Australia part of the Heidelberg school, I believe. And I painted mostly black and white paintings because the whole methodology behind painting in that tradition is all about tone. So we painted a lot of, we painted so many black and white paintings before we even arrived at color. But anyway, then I sort of got to year 12 and I had to kind of focus on my studies and my VCE and I didn't do art as a subject in my final year of school and I ended up graduating and going to university and while I didn't study art at university I studied art history for six years <laughs> which mm. um, was all absorbing for me. I found the, the lives of artists to be so fascinating and just I learned so much back then that I am grateful that I know now such as just the simply the lives of the artists and understanding that they were human, that they had all of the same sort of stumbling blocks that we have. And you learn mm -hmm. about these things when you read their letters and uh, read books about their lives and what they went through. So it was a really wonderful experience doing that. And then I did a complete 180 from my university career. I was, I got to the point where I was lecturing and tutoring at university and I was doing my masters and I was, I decided I was going to do a PhD and become an academic. And then I just decided I didn't want to do that because I'd been getting very crafty at home and creative and sewing and making all kinds of things and making jewelry. So I'd made the very crazy decision to leave uni and I ended up via a route of making jewellery, becoming a fashion designer and opening a shop in Melbourne and running a clothing label in Melbourne, which has been around nearly for 20 years now, uh, which was a wonderful experience. But it was also something that burned me out big mm. time. By the time I, I was, I think, 37, 38, I was just done. I had to do IVF to have a baby and I found it very stressful. And in the end, I, I downsized that business. And I moved here to Ballarat, which is where both Laura and I live. And I had a baby, which was a wonderful experience. And then I had another one really close after that, which was mm. not planned. It was my miracle baby. And 
I was in that wonderful intersection that you get when you become a mother, where you step away from work for a period of time and you have space to dream and you have time at home to steal moments and you're sort of in the paints and the creative things with small children so you kind of start to dabble again Mm. and I I felt the bubbling up of that whole dream re-emerge for me during Mm. that time and yeah I just grabbed hold of it and didn't let go of it but I also in that period between the clothing label and the having kids I was doing a lot of coaching of creative professionals and teaching them how to run businesses using all the skills that I'd learned in my clothing business so I had basically the business equivalent of multiple personality disorder by this stage (laughs) I had a clothing label which I still actually sell pieces from it's called Mank Design if anyone chooses to look at it don't judge me by my ancient website it's M-A-N-Q-U-E design.com.au and I have another business called Creative Conversation which is pretty much evolving into what we're doing now with the art business and then I decided to pursue art so I came to this point where I, I really had to make a decision and a commitment about what path I was following and I also came about some health challenges around that time after my children were born which meant that I needed to really take time out for myself to heal which is we dipped a little bit into this conversation last time on the podcast and I kind of instinctually started creating and painting my way through it like I just I came to the art as the fulfillment of like there was definitely that 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 thread I followed from being a teenager and being really fascinated by art and obsessed with this notion of being a professional artist. Like I was really interested in it to coming to this point in my 40s when I was 39, I think when I really made that solid commitment to myself that this was something I really wanted to devote time to and pursue. Um, yeah. And I, once I made that decision, that was it for me. I just went for it. So did you see in in that healing journey and when you started to use painting as sort of your therapy or or um your your way to express yourself did you see it evolving into the business that it that it is now hell's no <laughs> <laughs> Uh, there's, there's absolutely nothing predictable in any of the twists and turns of my business journeys because mm. <laughs> there have been many. Uh, I could never have predicted how any of it was going to unfold. And I really followed it because I felt like with my clothing label and with the fashion journey that, and I think this is something that a lot of people probably confront if they're a creative kid growing up when you, when, when you have to decide what am I going to do with my life in making decisions about university, etc. There was always this emphasis on in my upbringing on, well, how, do, how can we be practical about this? Like I was really always aware that there had to be a way I could make money from it. And when I was in academia, I, was on, I got a scholarship, so I was earning money from that. When I created the clothing label, when I did that, I, I skipped the whole bit where I did loads of markets for years. I logged around clothing yeah, and jewellery right. and very grassroots level built my business 
and it became quite successful and I got to a, a place with it where I, that was the place you were meant to want to be with your flagship store and my warehouse or mm. in inner city Melbourne. It was all very funky and groovy, but I was miserable and I discovered the hard way that you can take your creative dream and you can turn it into a cage. Mm. It's, it's, it's easy to do. And I proved to myself that I could do that with the clothing label. So the art was always about keeping it pure and keeping it to, as a space for me to evolve and unfold my creativity and my healing and all of those nourishing, beautiful things. So from the outset, that has always been the core of it for me. And I've been very mindful and very gradual and very considered in the way that I've crafted my business around the art so that I maintain that core integrity that it, it's there to feed me and to bring beauty to the world. Like the very high lofty goals I have for what I intend from my heart with my art. Mm. So, yeah, I don't even know if that answers the question. No, that's fine. Um, As you were talking, I was thinking, like, were there people that you were looking towards or how did you learn to evolve your painting style? um... Oh, absolutely. I went to art school online. Isn't that what we all do these days? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So, no, I didn't go to art school. and I went to – I I learned art history and Mm. did that whole academic side of it, but I never went to art school. So everything that I have learnt has been from other artists that Mm. have either shared their skills with me in person or it has been a class that I've taken online over Mm. the past seven years of my life. Mm. I think it's so amazing what is out there these days, what other artists so generously make available to us in sharing their knowledge and their expertise and their style and their creative unfolding with us. So, yes, I went to art school online in various different places some I've learned from wonderful women such as Flora Bolley and Faith Evans-Sills and Maidie Rose McDonough and ah numerous others Mm. I'm sorry if I've forgotten your name (laughs) I was in your class you were all awesome so yeah it that's where I learned and then I had a very rigorous art practice and I was really prolific for the first Mm. few years of my art making and I documented the whole journey Mm. online on social media and that is how my business began Mm. was simply mostly through Facebook actually and really just I didn't have a business page I was just posting on my personal page and they were very it was just hey this was what I made Mm. today and people responded and some people wanted to buy things Mm. and that's how it just all yeah evolved from that very organic level and when did you start to realize that it was shifting from like this healing you know creating you know um, personal work to hey I, I can make money and people are really liking this and this could actually be a thing that could take over from your fashion business and and make you money yeah sure I, I mean I am a really entrepreneurial person by nature so mm. I very rarely do anything for very long without asking myself the question of how can I monetize this? Mm. So it was always in my mind, I want to make this work because Mm. I want to keep doing this. And there are certain financial realities in life that Mm. I need to, you know, you have that period around 
Um, I did very fortunately have that period around having my children where I had a little bit of space to be able to create without the pressure of needing Mm. to make income. But I knew that that would have to change if I wanted to continue to do that. So yeah, very much so from an early stage, I knew I wanted to monetize it. I just said yes to everything. Yeah. If someone said I wanted to buy that, I didn't Mm. think too hard about that. Mm. I just put a price on it and I sold it to them. Mm. All my commissions were styles that I guess I would consider now to be outside of my own, but Mm. I wouldn't have known what my style is if I hadn't have painted those. So Mm. they're part of that journey. And also I think with commission work, once people see that you're doing commissions, people know that they can ask you for one. So Mm. uh, that in itself fed off itself, which has become one of the biggest income streams in my business. Mm. But it has been very gradual and I don't want to give people the idea that it was like, you know, I woke up one morning and suddenly I was making a living from being an artist because it's been an enormous process over the last four years, four or five years, Mm. building to the level where I am now and making, gradually making decisions and also taking my time more than I did with my previous businesses because it's been a healing process for me the making of the art so I've had to it's there's been lots of stops and starts and realignments and checking in with myself if this is really the direction I want to move in and yeah yeah um and back to the question I asked at the start around keeping momentum going I mean like for me I feel like there's times where I do get stuck and I do like get really inspired but then it's like you know how do how do I keep keep going and keep evolving and keep creating and be consistent um I've seen you working in the studio and working alongside you and it seems like you you've got it ingrained within you and things just flow quite easily so I'm not sure if you'd like to share a bit about how you've come to that place of 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 ease and flow and 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 being quite prolific with your creative output. Yeah. Okay. Well, I guess the first part to that is that I really do regard painting as a practice in the same way that a yoga practitioner regards their yoga practice Mm. as a practice. And I love that word because when you practice something, it means you're practicing, Mm. (laughs) you're learning, you're refining, you're in process with something that's in evolution all the time. And one of the great gifts that my education in art history gave me is about that very thing. All artists, all great artists that have, you know, not that I aspire to be an artist that's in the history books, but when you read through their stories, there is always a common thread of it is a practice for them. They are 100% committed to their journey probably a little bit obsessive I'm sure I am like that (laughs) to a degree which probably helps and hinders in some ways as well but the point being that it's a practice it's something that is a discipline Mm. so and the difference between it with with a practice and a discipline is that you do it regardless of how you're feeling so even on days when I'm not feeling it, I try to do some small thing that is creative. And mm. that might not even be picking up a brush. It might be 
cleaning my studio and arranging beautiful flowers in there like it's something that's supportive of my art practice Mm. but I'm there I'm in the studio I'm doing something and the other part of it I guess is the the other train the other extensive training that I've done after university was as a life coach so I no longer coach people um, in a professional context but I when you become a coach you have to be coached so you do learn to become quite a disciplined person Mm. so I've learned a lot of tools along the way that help me to stay focused that help me to move through difficult moments in my own creative process or Mm. my own mindset Mm. blocks and yeah I've I've found a lot of different strategies for moving through those and yeah I've learned a lot from other artists through what they've shared Mm. through their journeys as well yeah so it is it's about taking action and figuring out like what works for you what motivates you and what can be your rituals it's a practice to keep you inspired and it's getting in there every day well not every day it can be every second day I don't Mm. whip myself with it if Mm. I really need a day off I take a day off because Mm. that's just not supportive of my health and I've learned better than to do that Mm. But I'm 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 reasonably comfortable with being uncomfortable, if that even makes yeah, sense. No, like yeah, there's a certain there's, there's a certain isn't there? There's a certain mm. discomfort and uncomfortable element to being an artist, and there are many moments that are very uncomfortable and unsure. Like we were talking through last week about you know how do I know how to finish a painting? That can be such a wrestle. Mm. So those kinds of moments, your relationship with those kinds of moments defines how, how productive you are with them. And for me, one of the biggest secrets is I just keep painting. I make a lot of work. Mm. I make a lot of work. And, and it's the, there's something about the swiftness and keeping moving through it that gives me the freedom to move through those moments mm. because not everything hinges on it if this one painting works or not so when I am in front of the one painting like you know a giant commission for a client mm. that does matter mm. I can muster up those feelings of it's okay it's just another painting and I can convince myself of that for the time that I need to convince myself of it to complete that painting yeah and that works for me yeah mm. Another question that's linked into this is um, are there any resources or books or things that have helped you along your creative journey? Oh, yeah, there have been so many. Gosh, I think one of my favourite and possibly the most formative for me, and I know it's been really formative for a lot of artists, is Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. Have you yes. ever done that? Yeah, I've never completed it. Too. I think there's the a whole journey. Finished it, but, <laughs> but the morning pages are amazing. They and are. Maybe explain if people don't know what the morning pages are as well. Yeah, sure. So, yeah. It's, it's a, so Julia Cameron, she is an American author. It's a 12-week program for artists in recovery so she talks a lot about confronting any of those early childhood wounds like if a te- art teacher told you your art was rubbish and mm. it shut you down and then you're trying to move through years of kind of self-criticism as a result she kind of teaches you processes and mindsets for me mo- and practices like mm. a writing practice which is the morning pages that you 
um, write every morning stream of consciousness three pages about anything to mm-hmm. just loosen up your creative muscle. Mm-hmm. And so it's this 12-week program of recovery for creative people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's an absolutely wonderful book. I think another one that was super helpful to me in the early days of setting, like when I realized I wanted to become an artist and wanting to make an art business, Lisa Congdon's Art Inc. was really great. Oh, I haven't read that. It's actually really practical and really good uh, in terms, like I learned how to set up my files Mm. on my computer through suggestions in that book. Mm. Uh, She also does a lot of artist interviews in there. And yeah, it's a really good, it's a really worthwhile read if you're, if you're really wanting to make a business of your art Mm. and you're in the early stages of it. And then I think another one that I found hugely helpful, particularly around like transforming negative beliefs and moving, like, you know, when you have those really big blocks that Mm. you come to on an art, on your art journey, like there can be some really big blocks along the way. I found Joe Dispenza really helpful. He's written a number of books. One of the ones I really loved was called Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. So it's not strictly an art book at all. It's more, I Mm. guess, in the self-help sort of arena. Mm. But really brilliant book for helping to transform those negative beliefs Mm. into a more positive mindset. And I really like how he explains how that occurs on a biological level in terms of our brains Mm. it's really important we understand and respect our biology Mm. as part of the process so yeah i found those three to be really good and you recommended his meditations to me too and they've been really helpful for visualizing and imagining myself stepping into this role as an artist and a painter oh that's great to hear yes and Mm. i've used those too and they they came the ones that we've been doing came from his latest book is you are the placebo becoming supernatural becoming supernatural yeah yes we read some interesting (laughs) things don't we laura (laughs) but yeah anything joe dispenza has written i find brilliant Mm. and i think for both of us it's been also because he, it's not just about creativity and moving into what you want to be, but mm. it's also really been helpful on our healing journeys as mm. well. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Well, there's some great resources. I think they'll help people. Awesome. Yeah. Well, you've answered my niggling questions. I'm not sure if there's anything else you'd like to share. I think that's enough about me for today. <laughs> <laughs> it's been amazing. It's been really good. And I did learn some new things. Awesome. Thanks, Laura. <laughs> Thanks, everyone. Bye. We'll see you next time. Bye. Thanks for joining me for the Studio Insider podcast. You can always see more of my art over on susannevercate.com. And if you're interested in learning from me or checking out the podcast links, you can find those on my education website at susannevocatestudio.com. I love hearing your comments and feedback, so feel free to leave a review on iTunes or find me on Instagram at susannevocate. Catch you next time.